you take a seat. Good morning, everybody. My name is Adam. But she hasn't got her microphone switched on, but she will have in a moment. This was Katie, in case you didn't quite hear that. Over the summer, we're looking at a variety of Bible heroes, uh, and this morning we're going to talk a little bit about Moses. Yep, you told me that, and now you can hear me. Uh, but there are loads of stories about Moses, which I looked up on Wikipedia, and I've printed it all out, and I've brought some props with me. Fantastic. Now, there are lots of stories about Moses that we could think about today. Moses was born in Egypt, uh, but at a time when you weren't allowed to have babies. And so his mother, in order to save his life, put him in a basket in the river. It's great. I have a basket. Oh, well done. It's a bit small, but I'm sure it'll be all right. Um, anywho, uh, Moses was rescued from the basket by the daughter of the ruler of Egypt at the time. Uh, but he fell out with the ruler and had to leave Egypt. Not that sort of ruler. Um, never mind. He fell out with the ruler, not that ruler, uh, and had to leave Egypt. And, but God wasn't quite finished with him yet and had a special job for him to do. And to get his attention, he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. I know I've got this one, right? Right, no. No, no that, that's a picture of George Bush. No, no, I think it was more likely to be a plant or something. Don't worry. God wanted Moses to take uh, his people out of slavery in Egypt, but the ruler wouldn't let them go. As a result, God sent 10 different plagues um, in order to try and persuade the ruler to let the people go. And eventually, the ruler let the people go. But as they were leaving, he changed his mind and sent his army after them to get them to come back. Now, they were stuck between the approaching Egyptian army and the Red Sea. Um, Adam? Yes? I've got a prop for this, but I, I think I've got it wrong. Yeah, you have. Never mind, it doesn't matter. The Red Sea was a big expanse of water that they needed to cross. And they didn't know how they were going to do it, but God parted the Red Sea of water so that they could get across. And they, were, they went in search of the promised land and were wandering for 40 years. 40 years? Yes. That's so long. It is. Is that as long as you've been alive? No. I've only been alive for 33 years. Ah, is it how long Jonathan's been alive? No. Jonathan had a birthday a couple of days ago, and he's been alive a lot more than 40 years. <laughs> now, anyway, during those 40 years, one of the things that happened was that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on tablets. And I know I've got this one right. Right. Because I have an iPad and a Kindle, and one of those has to be correct. No, sadly not. These were tablets of stone, but never mind. Never mind. I think you may have run out of props. I have. Um, are they all the stories about Moses then? They're not all the stories about Moses. There are lots that we could talk about. But the one that I'm going to, we want us to think about today is a time when Moses needed help from God, but also needed help from his friends. I wonder if you would read it to us. And I think the words will be on the screen. Okay. Amalek came and fought Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua, select some men for us and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow, I will take my stand on top of the hill holding God's staff. Joshua did what Moses told him to do in order to fight Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. It turned out that whenever Moses raised his hands, Israel was winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tired. So they got a stone and set it under him. 
He sat on it, and Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Joshua defeated Amalek and its army in battle. It's a great story, but what's going on and why are they in a battle? Well, they're in the wilderness, and this group of people think that they would make easy opponents to challenge them to a fight. And assuming they win, they could steal all of their possessions. Okay, but we don't really get into many battles nowadays, do we? I've never been in one, apart from when we fall out playing each other's favourite board game. Yeah, and I win. But, um, you know, we don't often get into real battles with swords and stuff nowadays, but we do all face battles in our daily lives in one way or another. Most of us, from time to time, feel like we're in a battle of some sort. Sometimes we battle with ourselves, trying to stop ourselves from doing things we shouldn't do or to try to do more of the things that we should do. Okay, but I'm still a little confused. Why did Moses raise his hands in the air? What's happening there? Well, Moses isn't just putting his hands in the air. He's chatting to God at the same time, asking him for his help in the battle. And now we have some figures down here at the front, which if you're at the back, you might not be able to see, but one of them looks a little bit like this, which is of a man with his arms in the air. Now, if you're at the front here, you might be able to find one. I'm going to throw that one at my child and hopefully not hit him. Um, <laughs> there we are. I managed not to. It's all good. So Moses is putting his hands in the air as a sign of his praying to God. And that happens here in church sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes people raise their hands when we sing songs together. Are they praying too? Yeah, people raise their hands in worship for all sorts of reasons. Um, often they do it as an act of surrender to God. So when you're told to surrender, you're also told to put your hands up, aren't you? That's exactly right. Uh, but there are also other reasons why people put their hands up. They may be reaching to God for help, or perhaps they're receiving the Holy Spirit. They... It's quite hard to put your hands up like this, isn't it? It is. I wonder if we should all join you. Let's all put our hands in the air with Katie for a moment. Um, and in the story, eventually... Moses gets tired, doesn't he? Yes, and it's not really surprising, is it? Because I'm nowhere near as fit as you are, and I'm already getting tired. Put your hand up if you're... Oh, you're also probably... I think they're all tired as well. Um, I've had mine up the longest. Yes. Uh, can we put them down yeah, now? Yeah, I think, I think we probably can. Now... Um, sometimes, when we're chatting to God for things, it can feel like we're doing it for a really long time. It can feel like we're talking for a long time. And Jesus told his, his disciples when they were here that they should always uh, pray and they should never give up. Why do we pray? Well, I think this story tells us, and it's one of the main reasons why I really love this story, Moses knows from the outset that he really needs God in order to win this battle. Were they not as strong as the other army? They probably weren't as strong. We don't know for sure. They'd certainly been traveling for a while by this point, and so were probably very tired. But because Moses was very good at listening to God and relying on him, he knew that this situation would be no different, and he needed God's help in this battle. So as they escaped Egypt, God had already shown Moses that he was in control, hadn't he? If it weren't for God, they'd have got caught between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. Yep. And many of the stories that we have of Moses talk about, show us that Moses really saw God at work in the world. Um, and that's true for us, isn't it? God's in control. He is. Sometimes praying is the only thing we can do. I know I've been in situations like that before where I've really wanted to do something practical to fix it, but all I can do is chat or pray to God. 
That's right. And actually, I think this story is telling us something more than that, because I think it's not just the thing that we could do. It's the most important thing that we can do. It's because Moses and his friends are praying that they win this battle, not because they're doing anything else. Um, is there another reason that you love this story? There is. I think the other reason is because of the fact that it shows that sometimes we need our friends uh, to come along and help us. And even if all they can do is to come alongside us and to pray, that's really powerful as well. So it was Moses' friends who came to help him. That's who Aaron and Hur were. Yeah, well, Aaron was uh, Moses' brother and Hur was a leader of the Israelites. But yeah, they would have been friends. Um, so it's a really great picture, isn't it, of people actually coming alongside Moses and holding his hands up. That's right. And it's what we do as well in our lives, I think. We come, even if we don't physically go up to someone and hold their hands up for them, often we can do that um, metaphorically, perhaps, or come alongside people. We've been friends for a little while now, and uh, there have been times in our friendship when I've, uh, Jess and I have felt like you and Tim, your husband, have held our arms up. Um, Fingsies, uh, I like the fact that in this story, there is no question for Aaron or her. They knew what they needed to do, and they just did it. They came alongside and helped Moses. It wasn't that they agreed to do it after they'd sorted their own stuff out. They knew that chatting to God was the most important thing, and so they came alongside him and helped that's right. And the last thing that I really like about this story is the fact that Moses isn't worried. He knew that God was on his side and he just needed to pray. I think I could learn a lot from this story because I definitely need to remember that it's God who I should depend on and that we don't need to worry. And it's okay if all we can do for friends is to pray because really that is the most important thing. Me too. Do you know there was a, a really um, uh, clever man who lived a long time ago called Augustine, um, and I like a lot of what he writes, but he once wrote that you should pray as if everything depends on God and act as if everything depends on you. Now, I'm not actually a big fan of that saying, uh, because I like the first part. We absolutely should chat to God or pray as if everything depends on God. But if we act as if everything depends on us, we end up becoming very busy people who forget to do the prayer part. Um, I think you're probably right. I know there have been loads of times in my life when I've let what I'm doing take priority over chatting to God. I don't think we all do that from time to time. Now, we're going to have a moment of quiet as the band come back now, and just think about times in our lives when we've done this, when we've been too busy or too keen to do something rather than to simply pray and ask God for his help. Let's just have a moment of quiet before we pray. Lord, we thank you that you long for us to be in relationship with you and each other. We're sorry for the times we don't put you first. Will you help us to remember, like Moses did, that spending time with you is always the priority and should be what we aim to do first. And Lord, we thank you that you love us so much and that there is nothing that can separate us from that love. Help us to remember that love that you have for us and to walk closer with you each day. Amen. Uh, we're going to sing a song which thinks about these themes now. So let's stand together and sing, God, I look to you.